And now, making their way into the arena, hailing from the great pro wrestling state of Massachusetts, they are the hosts of the Top of the Cage podcast. Here are Bill and Juice. And thank you again, Rich Palladino, the voice of New England, always making us sound so good. And yes, I am the super producer. I am Bill, joined always by my tag team partner, my wrestling confidant. He is the future booking genius and the prince of pro wrestling podcasts. He is Justin Juice Cannon. Boom. Boom, baby. And speaking of baby, I think this is a great transition into our first topic. Somebody who has had a great match with Adam Cole in NXT. Uh, we have received word juice that Pat McAfee will be stepping away from his WWE commentary position to do the college football season with college game day. I saw a Triple H tweet today that Pat got the blessing. He's still a part of the WWE family, and it seems like he's going to be back once college season's over. Yeah, it's awesome. I can't imagine uh, WWE without him. But I I thought something like this might happen. Glad it's not permanent, but I'm also glad to see him back with college football. Hopefully, he'll call a few games like he did last year. Like he's a he's a great commentator, not just wrestling but football too. I love Pat. I've been a Pat McAfee fan since since he was a punter, since he was playing the football, and he helped the Pats win a game by <laughs> doing the worst trick play and <laughs> one of the worst trick plays in football history. That was so ridiculous. That's that individual play stands out to me as one of the most ridiculous professional football plays I've ever seen in a game. Me too. And Pat, Pat was part of it. <laughs> I'm definitely happy that Pat is able to expand his career like this because Pat McAfee is just like one of those beings that you just can't keep down. Like you need to let them spread their wings and fly. And I think that he will be back sooner rather than later. I just hope that they give Michael Cole a good dance partner. Who do you want it to be? I know there's two people I'd like it to be. And I'd either like it to be Nigel or I'd like it to be Wade. Oh, and a third. I'd more, bring back Moro. I'd love Moro Ronaldo back on my TV. Yeah, I actually was thinking Moro. I saw a lot of people tweeting today that like Moro would be a great person to bring back in. Uh, him and Michael Cole, I think, would have really great chemistry. The only problem is that you wouldn't have somebody that's, like, experienced in color, if that makes any sense. Like, Michael Cole is undefeated at WrestleMania, but not not undefeated enough to uh, be believable talking about what's going on in the ring. Yeah, that's why Nigel is definitely, I think, would be the best person for the job. He's already with the company. The dude... Dude's knowledge in the ring is just top tier. It's up there with some of the greatest that get talked about more than him, but he knows just as much as Undertaker, Bret Hart, or Shawn Michaels. Obviously, I'm not saying he's as good as those guys because he's not, but, well, that's only because he, you know, injuries. He probably could have because he's awesome because he's a man. Go, Nigel. <laughs> yeah, I think him or Wade, though, is, is probably the realest answer. I, I could see Corey Graves pulling double duty, too. Um, I don't I mind that's Graves. That's the most realistic answer, but yeah. I don't 
I don't want him to pull double duty. I'd rather just keep him on Raw. Yeah, I don't mind Corey Graves. I'll be honest, but yeah, I agree. Like, let's keep him just just to keep the ease on the person themselves. Like, yeah, let's 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 be creative with your solution here, WWE. And speaking of Nigel McGuinness and Wade Barrett, uh, the Clash at the Castle pay per view premium live event, whatever you want to call it, I'm going to call it a pay per view for as long as I live, has come and gone. And Juice, I gotta say. I have been seeing some people post about this online, and I think I'm in agreement. I think on a letter grade scale, this pay-per-view is a very high B or a very low A. Yeah, I think I'll give it a B plus. I just watched All Clash today, and I watched um, most of Worlds Collide. Literally, the main event is paused on my TV right behind my laptop as we speak. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Clash was fun, man. Riddle and Seth Rollins brought it, and uh, uh, Drew McIntyre and Reigns was a fun match, even though I know people don't love the ending, predictable and all such things like that. And uh, Rey Mysterio and Edge and Dominic stuff was fun. There's a lot of there was lots of love. There wasn't a bad match in the card. Lots of great moments, and then I I wanted to talk about this last the match Sheamus versus Gunther. That was a banger. So since I watched it a couple days after it happened, I heard, oh, this is match of the year, five-star match. So I went into it with high expectations. Watch, I'll I'll, I'll be honest, it didn't meet my expectations, but the fact that the expectations were five stars, I still give that a 4.5 out of five stars, and I still think that's a top three match of the year. So me being disappointed is a 4.5 match, top three match of the year. That's my disappointment <laughs> because it was a banger. It just started off beautifully. I love the their boys were brawling around them as they just stared at each other, and the brutality is exactly what I wanted. I'd say the only reason it wasn't perfect was there was – couple minor botches that i noticed like there was a botch on a gunther powerbomb and if you're gonna botch on a move don't let it be a finisher say a couple i think it's only that like these are two masterful guys masterful wrestlers that put on a classic for sure and i think sheamus rightfully got that standing ovation after the match that dude has really, in my opinion, come around for WWE from being a person who beat John Cena in a tables match for the WWE Championship for the first time to now, again, getting a standing ovation in his quote-unquote home home soil of uh, of the UK. Yeah, I, I thought that match was really good. Same as you, though. I think the the hype of that match again i went into it very high expectations as well and i think it delivered enough it was big meaty men slapping meat sheamus's chest literally looked like minced meat like those dudes just went out there and absolutely kicked the shit out of each other and yeah like it, i thought it was for what it was it was really good um i don't know if i'd put it in my top three matches of the year but in terms of WWE matches, I might put it in my top three of the year. I also want to touch upon just a few of the other things that happened at Clash, just because I know we ran through them a little quick. Um, the Dominic heel turn, I really like. I hope that he does become a full member of Judgment Day now. I also loved Edge Cell of the low blow. That was really funny. Seth Rollins looked amazing. Uh, I really hope that he is the next person to fight Roman Reigns. 
I'm not a big fan of the Sokka coming in and, and interfering. However, I do just want to bring up a funny joke that I saw on Twitter about this. <laughs> and they said that they had to bring him in because he's the only member of the bloodline that can legally travel across a border. That one, that one low-key kind of popped me a little bit. A little tongue-in-cheek, but it popped me a little bit. And yeah, overall, I really liked Clash. I think that it was a great pay-per-view. And I hope that WWE goes to the UK again, not in 22 years or whatever they said it was. Yeah, definitely sooner rather than later. And it was a weird finish, not just the well, Roman Reigns winning once again. That's not really weird. That's just predictable. It was weird just Tyson Fury starting singing with Drew McIntyre. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like Drew McIntyre like, has the crowd and the world behind him and he loses just for him to like be singing like just cheers with Tyson Fury in the ring. Also Tyson Fury knocking out Austin Theory was pretty funny too. <laughs> yeah, I get that made sense to you Sterling wise. Like he wanted a clean fight as relations with both, probably wanted to fight one of them. So he didn't want Theory to win. So I thought he was gonna do, attack Drew because there's been all the Twitter beef like obviously they, it's been a work for a year. People thought it was a work toward the match at clash of the castle since it was announced a year ago. And that didn't end up happening. So I thought maybe like the end of this Tyson would attack him, especially after like shook hands with Roman, but no, he just like plays the fence and makes friends with both <laughs> and sings American by, I don't know. <laughs> Those two men are enigma and I will never understand either of them. But yeah, overall, really liked Clash. And that wasn't the only pay-per-view we had over the weekend. Of course, we had Worlds Collide too, but we also had All Out. And I think that in terms of what had the most buzz this weekend in terms of wrestling, I think it was All Out. <laughs> I Just by a smidge, you know, just a little smidge. I first want to start off with saying, though, that the pre-show, the uh, buy-in, was a great. Like I actually watched all of the buy-in, was invested in every match that was on it. I thought it was a really fun event overall, too. I thought Clash beat it out. Like I did think that Clash was a better event overall. But I love, love, love MJF ending up being the Joker. I am very interested to see if Stokely Hathaway and his crew, like what, what is going to come of that now that we see the full culmination of them together taking over that ladder match. And I like that Tony is the world champion for the women. Kind of thought it was going to happen. I'll be honest. I love that the acclaim are as over as they are. I want to nominate Oh Scissor Me Daddy as the number one chant of 2022, potentially of the 20s so far. I also would like to nominate that the acclaim should probably win the tag titles uh, come when they are at the Arthur Ashe show. I believe that's in a few weeks, two weeks, three weeks, something like that. I'm trying to just run down the card in my head right now. The World Trios Tag Team Championships. I liked that match. I thought it was a really fun match. And then, you know, things happened. But And, of course, the World Championship match. What am I forgetting? I'm forgetting one. Oh, the, the Danielson-Chris uh, Chris Jericho match. That was okay. I, I personally was not a big fan of that match. I liked it, to be honest. I it wasn't was a little a... slow, but I thought it was a good little technical match. 
it was yeah it was just a little too slow for me i like the entrances though i like that chris jericho came out like in the old lionheart shit that was pretty cool um also happy that daniel garcia did not play like a major 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 factor in it but like at the same time i'm interested to see what happens kind of going down the line with him um will hobbs and ricky starks awful like i'm so frustrated like just simply frustrated with that match uh, i don't really want to touch too much more upon that i, I don't mind will hobbs winning don't get me wrong but don't make starks look like a chump like five minutes don't make him look like a chump because he's not a chump like i understand that like he's not going to come out of that win looking terrible but like he's not a chump man like not a five minute almost squash beat like not not like that I also like the other trios match, Motor City Machine Guns and FTR. I can't wait for that match to happen because I feel like we planted the seeds in that match. You look very happy about that. I love Motor City Machine Guns. I made that go very clear last time. <laughs> yeah, I think that that eventual clash is going to be a really good one wherever it happens, whether it happens on Impact TV or whether it happens on AEW TV. I think that's going to be really fun. Definitely going to seek out that match. And the and the one that I completely forgot about, um, Christian versus Jungle Boy. Again, I understand that Christian was working hurt, but what the fuck? People, people on Twitter were all like, you never changed the mask. He never changed the theme song. You never changed his gimmick. You should have known that Luchasaurus was never going to change or Luchasaurus had turned heel, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, dude, do you really expect that? Were we really expecting that? Were, were you expecting it to be like a 30 second squash? No, I my issue wasn't the fact that Luchasaurus turned heel. My mission, my issue was that the match was one minute long, not even. And like it, it was built for a long time. Like three of their long, most built matches were all squashes. At that point, just move it. If Christian's hurt, just move the match and you can still Luchasaurus turn. And it doesn't have to be a long match, but at least give me like 12 minutes. And wait until Christian's healthy. And if it's a long injury, then it make it short, but not one minute long. Right. Or you just like have it be a Luchasaurus Jungle Boy blow off, like just with Christian in Luchasaurus's corner. Like that's perfectly okay. And continue building Christian and Jungle Boy for when Christian's ready. And then Hobbs and Ricky, that was just ridiculous. Like one of the better stories that we had. Hopefully it's not over. Hopefully that's why that was a squash. That and I know time because it's so many like matches, including the buy-in. Yeah. I that that shocked me. When we got to that particular match, I was like, oh my god, there are still so many matches left in this card, and it's already like 10:30 or whatever time it was. Like I was like, there's no way these matches are gonna get their full times. And they didn't. Like they simply didn't. And then, of course, Athena losing in four minutes pissed me off, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I kind of put that one in the back of my mind. That match was, yeah, I, that was slow. Looked like, it was kind of sloppy, wasn't it? I don't yeah. really remember too much from it, but I just remember not being very impressed with it. No, it was a shit show, and it was just four minutes long. And, like, I think that has the potential to be a good match. And it they weren't given the time to do it. That's another one that should have been moved. That should have been a rampage this week. Rampage main event. But it's not Tony. Tony, yeah, again, show that uh, I, I like Tony, but he's not the best booker. He, he is a fan and 
he gets too excited over books things and he doesn't really change it he just sticks to his guns uh, we need more people in there that behind them that know what they're doing yeah and i think that that's a great transition to talk about i think what everybody's been talking about this past few days um the all out post media scrum brawl can I, I i just want to go on record and say that this sounds like the stupidest fucking situation that i've ever heard in a professional wrestling like behind the scenes because you have punk you have old man punk on the mic comes into AEW when he came in for the first time saying that he can't wait to work with the young guys he can't wait to work with all these new people like he can't wait to help build the crop of talent and then he gets on the fucking mic and says i'm too old for this shit i work with children like dude like you're not working like i like i don't feel worked anymore for for all of saturday night sunday and most of monday i was like okay i'm getting worked like i'm getting worked AEW does this because MJF is back and they also had like the audio of MJF like on the phone with Tony negotiating his contract and for people who don't have video I'm air coding like obviously they they, they are good at like the work shoot shoot work whatever you want to call it but this situation is just so fucking dumb <laughs> you have a steel in CM Punk's locker room and I feel like I don't really I feel like nobody really knows the whole story but all we know is that the major takeaways is Ace Steel biting Kenny Omega and pulling his hair. <laughs> um, that the elite, quote-unquote, barged into Punk's locker room when he asked for them to be confronted by him. Punk, I, I've heard reports that Punk was the first one to throw like any sort of physical thing. Um, and it was at Nick Jackson, I think is what they said. And then I know that there was some like people in there who tried to like cooler heads let cooler heads prevail and it ends up being that like seven people are now suspended more details out about like why is christopher daniels out why is cutler why is cutler and nag like what happened between cutler and nagazawa that they got suspended to yeah it's just a confusing thing and not there was like a steel chair involved nick jackson oh yeah that one that that's yeah, that's straight up assault. Ace mm-hmm. Steel, like, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna call a spade a spade. Ace Steel straight up assaulted Nick Jackson, if that's true. Yeah, uh, it was just crazy. It, what, what a situation that I did not expect to happen or be real, but it is. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I, and Juice, I know you were kind of a punk defender when we were talking about this last week. I'm, I'm ready for punk to be out of AEW. I mean, I'm I'm fine with Punk being out. I wasn't that much a defender. He he brings he obviously brings something to the table, brings an audience with him. But and he's very good. And that main event was very, very good. I liked it. Uh, it was what I wanted. Just brutal. But he's just a diva. You don't need that in a locker room. I think the locker room's good. Yeah. <laughs> And he's just like trashed everyone except Adam Cole. He's like, "You suck." It's like that scene from that movie um, with Dave Chappelle, Half Baked. It's mm-hmm. like, "I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like you. You no fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you." And your cool is directed at Adam Cole. He likes Adam Cole. Hates everyone else. Yeah, it, 
it's just so weird to me. Like I've I've been seeing a lot of people saying that like Tony Khan needs to get better people like involved. I've heard that Tony Schiavone has like been getting pretty involved in like the the investigation of the situation. And I think if anybody understands wild locker rooms and big egos, somebody who saw the death of WCW should definitely understand that. Yeah, I I don't know. Like I really want to know what happened with CD because. Like I've been hearing that there's like so many different reports and that the locker room, some people are siding with punk and steel. Some people are siding with the elite. Some people just don't care. One person I feel bad for in this whole situation too is Colt Cabana. Like I always will feel bad for Colt Cabana. Like I, I know he like, I, I don't mean that like in any like way of giving him pity. It's just like, I, I love Colt. Like he has just, he's like a saint in the wrestling world and just doesn't deserve everything that's come for him because he brought cm punk on a podcast when he was upset all this and all the stuff that's happened with punk in the past month makes me definitely i was already probably on the cult like side of things it seemed like cult was the one that got fucked more than punk and now that kind of cements my opinion that it was probably more so Punk's fault that the whole situation combusted and like CM Punk calling him greedy and Colt doesn't strike me as greedy. Two, he does well for himself. He doesn't need your money. <laughs> he makes a lot of money already. <laughs> right, and he's like a genuine fucking dude too. Like, I don't know how you could see Cole Cabana and be like, fuck that dude. But again, yeah. we, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors and clearly nobody does because this whole situation just proves that there's i don't think there's a culture problem at AEW. i just think that tony khan is a little in over his head with this particular situation because you have three people who are evps of your company fighting your world champion and by the way they just won the first time ever introduced titles later earlier that night too um which, by the way, uh, at the time of this recording, Juice, I know we talked about this earlier, I can drop the news to you of what happened to those trio titles on Dynamite tonight, recording on Wednesday. Uh, Death Triangle versus Best Friends ended up becoming four of the trio's tag team championships, and we got two belt bastard, baby. Okay, that's cool. I love that. I love that. I love Death Triangle and the, the belts, but um, I don't I don't get why they could have made it a three-way tag match and the Dark Order and Hangman be in the match. Since well, uh, Alex hurt. Reynolds is, is actually hurt. Shoot hurt. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. Never mind. That Never was mind. on BTE that dropped yesterday, too. Um, that, that he legit got hurt. Okay. Which is, which is sad. I missed BTE this week because of all the flying and travel stuff for me. Yeah, they actually didn't put it out on Monday. They put it out on Tuesday. Which is also like, whoa. But there was nothing on there. Nothing on BTE this week. For anybody who is cared or interested, nothing on BTE this week mentioned the situation. I did hear about that. I did hear that it didn't address the situation. A lot of people were expecting it to, especially since it came out a day late. I'm just going to assume that like Cutler just wasn't able to get any of the all-out footage in there. On, on Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just what a, what a chaotic situation. I also want to know what Larry the dog was doing during that whole situation. Was Larry there? Larry was indeed in the locker room. 
I heard like somebody there was a report of somebody saying that he was in the locker room and the top comment was just what the dog doing? <laughs> do you, do you think he would have like bit, bit someone or just got scared? No, he probably was just scared. Well, like, I don't know. I mean like if if you see like something get physical with your owner that you love, like usually... Yeah, but he's also like a 25 pound little little like English bulldog or uh, French bulldog. Well, I get that, but you could be a little dog and not fight. You've never seen a chihuahua, bro? I've been bit by a chihuahua. It's a traumatic experience for you? No, because it didn't hurt because it was a chihuahua. Full disclosure, this was made in post, but we also forgot to mention on AEW Dynamite tonight that Tony Khan also announced how the world title, its vacancy, will be getting added into the mix, and there is going to be a... Six-man tournament determining who is going to be winning the AEW World Championship at the Arthur Ashe Grand Slam Dynamite coming up in a few weeks. And that is a pretty interesting tournament. They're calling it the Tournament of Champions. Every single person in that pool is either a former AEW champion, TNT champion, or just general world champion. And the bracket currently is that Chris Jericho, and John Moxley first get first round buys. And there's two other matches also announced. One happening on this night's Dynamite, Wednesday night. It is Brian Danielson versus Hangman Adam Page. And then on Rampage, which will also have happened after this paper after this episode comes out, will be Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen. Okay, it's called Tournament Champions, but Danielson has never held the belt in AEW. It's so funny. I literally, Juice, I was sitting there being like, they really couldn't have thought of anybody else. Like, they couldn't have done, like, Samoa Joe or Claudio or, like... Two guys I would love to see have an actual world title. Right, or they couldn't have done, like, Scorpio Sky or, like... like yeah, where's Scorpio? <laughs> yeah, literally, like... Like Scorpio versus Hangman would probably be a really great match. Like, I definitely would be in for it at least. But literally, like, so under Danielson's thing, it just says a blurb. It just says six-time world champion, and because they put six-time world champion there for Jericho, it says like however many time world champion, and then under Moxley, it says however many time world champion. <laughs> it doesn't even mention where their world championships were from. It just says world champion. It was silly. Like that to me, that's a little silly. But I mean, I'm never gonna complain for a hangman versus Danielson match. Like, I will never complain. Yeah, it's a great matchup. I mean, I've seen it. I, I would like Scorpio or Samoa Joe versus Hangman, because that's more fresh to me. But um Danielson's a man, hangman's a man, it's gonna be a banger. Not seeing Danielson's not worthy, it's just I like I like fresh and I want some Joe as world champ. <laughs> like at least you one of the Ring of Honor or AEW champions. Like I don't know, it it just made no sense to me. Yeah, but I I just think this whole situation again just proves like Tony just needs to bring in some people that can handle these larger than life personalities. I think Jericho personally is somebody that's super great to have in this situation. I mean, this is a man that stood up to both Brock Lesnar and Goldberg and Big Show, I think, too, for that matter. Like, somebody who's not afraid to call out somebody with a massive ego, no matter their size, no matter their stature, no matter their superstarness. 
And I feel like Jericho, albeit is an egotistical person, also can remain relatively level-headed and neutral in like situations like this. And it does seem like a lot of the reports coming out that like Jericho has been like a great person that Tony Khan's had by his side in this situation. But yeah, it's just so messy and it's definitely not the type of publicity AEW needs. I also heard that a lot of the deals that AEW currently has for sponsors is because of CM Punk. So I really, really, really hope that like if they do do the right thing, in my opinion, and suspend CM Punk, that like sponsors don't pull out. Or not suspend, but I think that they should either suspend indefinitely or just like get rid of them. Like A Steel, I think should definitely be gone. Bucks and Kenny and like the rest of the elite, I think them getting suspensions is just fair because I'm sure that they just cooler heads definitely did not prevail. But Punk, like I just feel like I need to know more about the situation before I truly decide on what should be done with Punk. But as it currently stands, I think just suspend it indefinitely. Yeah, I think Budum not just not because of this. But because of a lot, like he's just, I'm always in the side in sports, not just wrestling, many sports that locker room cancers, divas, big personalities that break uh, chemistry and really cause a bunch of drama and distractions and takes away from the purpose. Uh, you need to, you need to get rid of them. They're not needed. Yeah. It's like having somebody like Odell Beckham Jr. or Antonio Brown or any any diva you know somebody that's just is a decent player is a decent person but just their ego and their they what they think of themselves just truly is put over everybody else and again aw nice young roster lots of guys that i think are more than capable of holding that flag for being world champion just the aw banner in general i i don't think it's needed I also, again, just to kind of bring up this point once more, I think that Tony Khan should be careful about who his EVPs are too. Because at the end of the day, that's a reflection of the company. And you just suspended three of not only your top guys and your former trios tag team champions, but your EVPs as well. You're just giving people's jobs just because they're buddies. That's not how business should work. I also saw something that Cody saw the writing on the wall, and I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, that has nothing to do with this situation. <laughs> Cody knew. <laughs> Cody knew. All right, Juice, do you have anything else to say about this topic before we uh, wrap up the episode here? Um, not about this, but I will add one last thing. Uh, Malachi Black. Yes. Yes, thank you. As we know, he requested a release last week or reports were that he did and it got denied now it's reports that he has been granted his conditional release and that makes sense considering at all out after the match all of dark order hugged and like he got like a standing ovation and stuff like that seemed like a goodbye and then the conditional release report came out today and that it's granted but aw hasn't put out an official statement or a press release on this yet it's just reported by Fightful, and Fightful usually doesn't get too hasty on things. And they try to ask their sources, and they have very good sources. So I I believe them. Makes sense. I'm curious what this means for the House of Black. I hope I hope it continues. It's kind of hard to maybe they might have to change names, but I don't know. You, House of Black that does, you don't black like darkness uh, still makes sense but it's kind of tough to do without Malachi Black but 
I think there's three talented people people there that can do it. And maybe you bring in someone else. And no, this isn't me alluding to being Bray Wyatt. It seems like Bray Wyatt's going back to WWE. I'm just saying bring someone else. <laughs> I was going to ask you that if you were reading that. I knew. I knew I knew that's what you were thinking. I knew that people, if I didn't clarify, people were like, Bray Wyatt's not coming. I'm like, I know. I never said he was. <laughs> yeah, I agree, though. Uh, I hope all for Alistair, Tommy, Malachi, whatever you want to call him. I hope the best for where he is mentally and physically. Um, you know, hopefully the release, whatever he was requesting for it for, he finds happiness with it. Uh, again, very sad that the House of Black potentially will come to an end. But I, again, like he said, the three people still involved with it are great characters, wrestlers, and just people overall. And I, I could see them carrying that banner proudly. I hope it continues very much so, especially for the sake of um, Julia Hart, who's really... She's gaining so much momentum right now and becoming one of the must-watch woman stars. She looks sick at the pay-per-view, too. Yeah, little witch get up, and oh my gosh, she's just... Well, Julia Hart, my TV, don't don't end House of Black. If you have to repackage him with a different name, just keep them, keep those three together. It's magic. It, it's working. I was thinking the House of Heart. But then I thought about that a little bit more and was like, maybe that wouldn't be the best name. I don't know. <laughs> well, if you people out there have any good names for the House of Black after Malachi Black potentially moves on, more than likely moves on, you should let us know on social media. And Juice, where can the people do that? On Twitter, capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore capital P, lowercase O, lowercase D. That's our Twitter. Let us know those name ideas, if, if they should change their name or, you know, if you want to keep it the same. Instagram, T-O-T-C underscore P-O-D, all lowercase. Yes, and as we come crashing down to the map on this episode of Top of the Cage, we want to thank you all so much for tuning in. And if you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you do not give us a five-star review, that means that you... Specifically, you, that person not giving us that five-star review will not get five-star content, and that is just a fact. Fact. And again, thank you all so much for tuning in, and we will catch you next time.